Hello, my name is Kyle Rogers, and I am the host of the Language Diversity in Schools podcast here at Adelphi University. Myself, with, along with my three group members, Grace, Chloe, and Athena, have done a number of interviews asking people about how they have been discriminated against in school for using slang or a different language. We want to bring awareness to these situations and make sure that these incidents don't happen again in the future. This world is continuously diversifying, and it's important for people to accept this diversity of new cultures and languages in schools and in their daily lives. It is not just foreign languages that face discrimination in our schools, but different forms of English are as well. African American vernacular English, which is a different dialect of the English language, has been discriminated against by schools for a very long time. Black students may speak African American vernacular English, which some teachers consider incorrect because of its, because of its different speaking and writing patterns. The debate about this dialect validity has even led to a successful lawsuit against school systems in Ann Arbor, Michigan in 1979, after teachers denied its existence. And Oakland, California recognized AAVE as a language in 1996. Although there have been many successful points in time for AAVE, there is still great discrimination against it in schools. Other than the, other than the discrimination of AAVE, the use of other languages other than English is discriminated against greatly in schools as well. Many children of immigrant families face discrimination about accent, appearance, or use of home language. Teachers may express impatience when these students cannot fully express themselves or take longer to formulate responses. In addition to these, dial in, in addition to these direct interactions, indivi individual teachers also discriminate by holding lower academic expectations for children of immigrants and focusing on what researchers have called narrow learning experiences. According to to Claude Goldenberg Kristen Wag and Kristen Wagner, at times bilingual education was favored, or at least not slated, for elimination. At other times, most, re most recently with the 2001 author reauthorization of ESEA under the No Child Left Behind Act, bi bilingual education was left far behind, no longer part of the federal framework for the education of English learners as it had, as it had been since 1968. Tellingly, under the administration of George W. Bush, the Office of Bilingual Education and Minority Language Affairs became the Office of English Language Acquisition. They also found that bilingual education boosts achievement in English. But despite the evidence of this, many continued to believe that English-only instruction will lead to faster acquisition of English proficiency. According to Sienna Leith, Channing Matthews, and others, in an article published in 2019, School-based racial discrimination experiences may be uniquely detrimental to academic, academic engagement. First, schools are contexts in which adolescents spend significant poor portions of their time in curricular, extracurricular, curricular, and social activities. As such, interactions with teachers and peers at school influence how youth think about themselves as learners and subsequently their motivation and engagement. The treatment from teachers and peers is incredibly detrimental to how students progress in schools. If people of color groups are constantly being judged for their cultural differences, they won't feel supported and will fall behind in their academics. Even though we know the negative effects of, of discriminating against people of color and multilingual speakers, we continue to do so. Even though there are positive aspects of bilingual education, it has been denied and dismissed as a useful way of teaching. It is, our, it is our hope that someday these things will change, but without further ado, we will be getting into the interview, interviews we have done. I hope you enjoy. I interviewed my good friend Aryan, who is Bengali and speaks five languages. 
He wasn't comfortable being recorded, so I'll be summarizing and quoting his answers to the questions I asked him. He speaks Arabic, Hindi, Bangla, Urdu, and English, and he isn't completely fluent in all of them, but he's proficient in each language and is capable of having a conversation with people in each of those languages. His high school was a predominantly white school, and he, he was one of the only people of color that went to that school. And his language department was, was rather slim, only offering Spanish or Italian. When I asked him if his language has ever been criticized in any way, he told me that he never really had any problems in terms of, in terms of his language being cr questioned or critiqued, uh, because in school he rarely used any other language besides English. He would sometimes speak to his brother in another language, but the only thing that would happen is that teachers would tell him to stop talking. He, so, he said that we were never told to speak a certain language. Teachers would only tell us to stop speaking during class like they did with anyone else. When I asked him if he knew someone whose language was, criti was criticized in some way, he told me about his cousin, who went to a school with an, with, a, with an equal ratio of white people to people of color, and he has experienced this discrimination. He said that he was never someone who really used slang when speaking, but he would sometimes use it when, with his friends. He said that sometimes when teachers heard him use slang, they would tell him to speak properly, or people would think he is stupid. When I asked him about African-American vernacular English, and if it should be accepted as a form of English, he said, yeah, I see no problems with AAVE. I think that as long as you can understand someone, there shouldn't be any problems with how they speak, whether they have an accent or they are speaking using a different dialect. When I finally asked him if he had any ideas on how we could stop linguistic discrimination in schools, he told me, that's a very hard question to answer. But for starters, I think that overall, with the increasing diversity all over the world, I think that people have become more accepting of languages as time has gone on. Other than that, I think that schools need to play an active role in helping people understand that it's okay to use different languages and implementing policies and rules that will aid in achieving those goals. Although Aryan has never really experienced linguistic discrimination himself, he knows very well that it is a real thing that needs to, be, that needs to stop because of the stories his cousin has told him. Hello, I'm Grace. I have interviewed three students who are currently in high school. They all wish to remain anonymous, so I'll be summarizing my findings of these interviews. All three of the participants are people of color. One is Hispanic and two are black. All three attend the same private high school in New York that has a diverse student body, but is predominantly white. One of these participants has experienced busing in the past and was forced to attend a school well out of their neighborhood and school zone into a predominantly white neighborhood. This affected her daily schedule and required her to not only wake up earlier than her other classmates to take the bus, but she also returned home late. Two of the three students said that while the student body was diverse, the content did not cater to those groups. All three students have also experienced some form of language critiquing from teachers or staff. The Hispanic student was asked to speak without their accent, and both Black students were asked to stop using African-American vernacular English in the classroom because it was inappropriate. Hi, my name is Athena, and my interviewee has asked for her recording to be admitted. However, she is comfortable with her story being shared. My interviewee is an El Salvadorian immigrant who has gone through schooling in El Salvador and the U.S., specifically New York. She moved to New York when she was six years old, so she recognizes her views on education are based mostly on a U.S. foundation. My interviewee is fluent in both English and Spanish. My interviewee explained that she has experienced language discrimination throughout her schooling, However, location was key. When she was young, she lived in a mostly African-American and Hispanic neighborhood. She said everyone hung out together because there was not much difference in culture or language. It was not until she moved to a predominantly white town where she began to notice how language and culture impact social standing. She explained that to her, speaking Spanish in a predominantly white town did not mean much. 
She did not face much discrimination for speaking Spanish, however, she acknowledged that she also speaks fluent English. So, her experience is not universal. She explained, if I only spoke Spanish, it would have made a huge difference because I would not have been able to communicate. The bilingualism, she discussed language diversity within her high school. She explained, in my high school, the only two languages we learned were Spanish and French. I'm not saying they're basic, but every school teaches them. There should have been more choices for students that already know those languages, but I guess some schools don't care. Following her comments on language diversity, she commented on going through a Spanish curriculum as a Spanish-speaking student. She explained that Spanish teachers had a tendency not to accept her dialect. She stated they were Caucasian teachers, they didn't know any better. Some of my friends had teachers that actually spoke Spanish as their native language, and to me, I feel that is a much better understanding of the actual language. For example, we live next to Guatemala and Honduras, and our Spanish is not the same. Lastly, my interviewee touched upon language discrimination in the classroom and how it could have a possible racial bias. When asked if her language skills have ever been questioned, she stated yes, although with reflection it came when she had conflicts with her teachers. She gave an example of a conflict she had with a math teacher. She was failing geometry and despite going to extra help sessions, her grades were not going up. The teacher pulled her aside and asked her if she could not perform well in class because she was struggling with her English. This comment did not sit well with my interviewee. She stated, the math teacher seemed like she couldn't accept that her teaching may have been the problem, and rather place blame on my language skills, which were fully developed. When asked, what advice would you give to a teacher teaching in a diverse classroom? My interviewee stated, be patient and open-minded. You need to have an open view of teaching. Everyone is not going to understand things in the same way. Teachers try to push languages onto you that you don't understand. And if you don't understand the language, it's not going to work. So just try to be patient and try to teach the best way you can without making your student uncomfortable. My interviewee is an immigrant from Poland. He moved here in about 2004 and he graduated high school in 2016. So he said that his school wasn't really that diverse, had mostly white students with a couple students of a different race. Um, he said his English has always been pretty good since he moved here when he was about three or four years old. Um, and he said he never had an accent, but he says his sister and his parents have an accent and they've had trouble communicating and learning English. He said his sister um, really struggled making friends, communicating with teachers, understanding work, and was in ESL classes for a couple of years because of that. Overall, from this interview, we can find that lots of students that are immigrants that come to the United States, regardless of race, have trouble fitting in and have trouble making friends and have trouble communicating with teachers. And he never noted that any teachers went above and beyond to help him or his sister while they were learning English. So we could see in the future a need for, or we could see in the present and the future, a need for teachers to really step up to the plate and help these students integrate and feel part of our culture here and feel part of the education system that we have in place. On behalf of all of us here who were involved in this podcast, I would like to thank you all for tuning in and listening to what we had to say. It really means a lot to us. We all put in, we all put so much effort and time into making this happen. 
I really hope you were able to learn something about our topic, and you were able to walk away from this with new insights on language and accepting how important other languages are. I hope you were able to open your eyes to diverse to the diverse world around us, and that you are able to understand that this world will continue to diversify, and that as humans, we need to be accepting of, the, of that diversity. Once again, thank you for listening to everything we had to say, and hopefully you were able to learn something from us. Thank you.